to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your hosts, Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Jamie Williams. FCS fans nation here we go it is mock FCF's playoff bracket time ladies and gentlemen we are live all over the internet thank you so much for joining us as today the FCS fans nation podcast is coming to you special edition a mock FCF's playoff bracket 123 teams you guys started this journey in the fall it's time to take it down to 24 it's time to end the season for 99 fcs squads hopefully my math is correct jamie williams kyler neal joining your unbiased bison admin matthew frazy live on facebook youtube and of course twitter uh, this will play on replay on our FCS Fans Nation podcast platforms. But thank you so much to everybody joining us right now. We have some amazing members already starting to comment and come in. So if you normally listen to this on our normal podcast platforms, maybe check it out on YouTube this week if you're catching this replay, because we are about to build the FCS playoff bracket. We are including Word documents and screenshots and a HQ bracket builder platform. So this is going to be pretty leaping awesome jamie williams uh stats voter awesome man awesome individual how are you this sunday late afternoon as we prepare for bracket madness my man i am great i'm great this this afternoon uh good day of football yesterday a little bit of chaos uh interesting uh i haven't seen any south dakota state fans yet um interesting um some hearts broken yeah, heartbroken. Uh, was at the JMU William and Mary game yesterday. Uh, didn't think we played our best, but a win's a win. Uh, but I got to you know yell out CAA sucks as, as it got really quiet. So you know CAA can bite me. Um, but ready to talk about the bracket and the rest of the teams. So uh, let's roll. Awesome. Let's get it rolling, guys. Um, normally we talk about questions and other things for some of our fans, which are great, but today is specifically building the FCS playoff bracket. Okay, let's start with some disclaimers. So for the people already tuning in, I will repeat this a lot, but listen up. Here we go. When it comes to building this bracket, we are not looking for pinpoint accuracy of what's going to happen on Selection Sunday in terms of the teams, right? Because upsets are going to happen. Things are going to change in terms of records and how the games play out next week. However, the main goal of this is to kind of wrap everyone's heads around about the 30 teams we believe right now could be looking into the playoffs, learn about their strength of schedule, learn about who they are, learn about the reasons why they could be seeds, why they couldn't. Think about how the committee actually operates and kind of how they view things. So that's the main reason behind this episode, and we're excited to get it going. So with that, guys, let's build an FCS playoff bracket for this year. Let's see who, who's in and who is out. Okay, guys, we're going to keep it very simple. Um, we are not going to predict every big game that needs to be decided for next week. But of course, we need to know the results to have a full picture of the teams that should be eligible for the playoff field. So we are just going to start very simply by showing you the games we are not going to predict for next Saturday to set up the field. Okay, so no predictions are going to be needed here. 
for us, these are just going to be teams and matchups we feel should just go simply. Now, of course, there could be an upset, but I'm just going to read off the list easily here. We are going to predict that Sacred Heart's going to beat uh, LIU to win the Northeast Conference at 8-3. and three. We think that Holy Cross is going to beat Bucknell to be 9-2. and two. Davidson wins that Pioneer League at 8-2. and two. FAMU, we think they're going to finish 9-2 and two and beat Bethune-Cookman next week. Uh, UT Martin, who's already had a great season, we think they beat SEMO to finish 10-1. and one. Uh, Sam Houston, obviously a team people love, should finish at 10-0. and 0. Uh, last few ones here, guys. Rhode Island's going to finish eight and three. We have South Dakota State beating UND, SIU beating Youngstown to be eight and three. James Madison finishing ten and one. William and Mary just gets to seven and four. Chattanooga will beat the Citadel to get to seven and four. Missouri State will beat Dixie State to get to eight and three. And then finishing this out, Selah, Stephen F. Austin, Eastern Washington, Incarnate Word, and VMI all get victories to get to their variety of records, which make them eligible for the playoff field. So I'm not going to read the whole list in depth, guys, but if you're watching this on YouTube, those are the games we're just going to assume, okay? That's going to help us build up what we're about to do. But there are some games, and there's about eight of them, that we do need to predict because they're too close to call. Because without properly predicting those games, we're not going to know who's actually going to be eligible for the playoffs. So let's kick that off right away, guys. What we're going to start with is just predicting the big matchups that are happening next Saturday to officially get the records of teams that we know. So let's start off right away with the first big matchup of next weekend, uh, the Brawl of the Wild. Um, that would be Montana State at Montana. We will go in order here, guys, of picks. Um, we'll just start with you, Kyler. You're our big sky kind of expert. So give us your prediction on Montana State at Montana. Who's the victor there to set up what could be a big sky title for Montana State? I mean, guys, if you have no other games to watch, this is a game to watch for one. Um, this is going to be a really good defensive battle. I think both of these teams' strengths are the defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, to be honest. But this is a game where these two teams hate each other. I have to lean towards, I think Montana State overall is better across the board. I think they're a slightly more, um, they're not a more aggressive defense. I think Montana with their blitz, they are extremely aggressive, but Montana State's defensive balance is better. And then I trust their offense a little bit more than Montana's. You know, right now, Afonze for Montana State is an absolute beast. He's murdering teams. He's just right behind, you know, pure strong, basically, in the SCS in terms of rushing. So I like Montana State's chances to beat Montana. I don't think it's an upset, but it's going to be a really good game. But yeah, I'm leaning towards Montana State in this one to win and then win the auto bid. All right, Montana State victorious then to finish the season 10-1 and as they win the Brawl of the Wild and they win because of some tiebreakers with Sacramento State. If Sacramento State wins, uh, Montana State would win the Big Sky title. Um, they would share it, but they would get the auto bid. So moving on to that next game, Sacramento State at UC Davis. Um, you know, why don't we just uh, why don't we just keep this one right right with you, Kyler, if you don't mind. You're a big sky guy. So Sacramento State at UC Davis. Why don't you give us your thoughts on that game and, and who's going to be the victor in this one? Again, this is one of those games where this is a tough pick. Like if you are trying to rely on me to place your bets, do not rely on me for this one. This is another game that can go either way. It's a Causeway Classic. It's technically at UC Davis, but they're only, what, eight miles apart, maybe 10 miles apart. I have no clue, but it's really close. There's not going to be a home field advantage for this game. The What I trust more right now 
Sacramento State, yes, they're using two quarterbacks. Normally you hear the reference, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. That is just not the case with Sacramento State. After they had that UNI debacle, um, they basically said, Asher O'Hara, you are not going to be a throwing quarterback anymore. We are only using you for basically running plays and Dunaway is absolutely torching people in the air. Um, I trust them over right now. UC Davis's backup quarterback, who we just saw play Eastern Washington. I'm leaning towards Sacramento State. This is a, about as good as a pick game as you can imagine, but I do think Sacramento State wins, and then that makes them 8-0 in the big sky. All right, Sacramento State and Montana State. If they both win, guys, they would share the big sky title, and uh, Montana State would technically be the auto bid because it would go all the way down to tiebreakers to the Sargani ratings. It's pretty crazy. Um, all right. Mr. Jamie Williams. I'm going to give you this next one, man. Mammoth at Kennesaw State. This one is huge for the bracket and for the implications before we start building this thing because this will be the winner and the auto bid for the Big South. And one team might actually be left out if they don't win it. So, Jamie, what do you think, man? Mammoth traveling to Kennesaw. Who gets that victory? So you look at this game and it's in Kennesaw and Kennesaw only has the one loss to Georgia Tech. I believe you have Georgia Tech. But Monmouth's been playing some good football as well. So when I go to fig- decide who's going to win this game, I I always talk about the transitive property doesn't work. But when you can look at a bunch of common opponents and you have res- results against three or four different teams, it can help you make a decision. And when I look at these two teams against a lot of their common opponents in the conference, Gardner-Webb, Hampton, um, A&T, Monmouth is beating the teams a little bit more significantly I like Monmouth's balanced offense a lot better than I like what Kennesaw's doing, although Xavier Shepard has done a great job. But I'm going to go ahead and take Monmouth to pull the, a minor upset here and win the Big South. Uh, might not be a popular pick with a lot of our watchers, but I think that Monmouth will be the team that will win the Big South. All right. Monmouth playing a little bit of spoiler, which will put Monmouth into the field. Congratulations to them, the Big South champs. And Kennesaw State then now looking at an at-large bid uh, with one of their losses here uh, to Monmouth. So, okay, I guess, guys, I will take Eastern Kentucky at Jacksonville State. Love Bruce and Bob and those JSU fans. But um, Jacksonville State has played an extremely tough strength of schedule. They've been inconsistent a little bit. Eastern Kentucky, they had a hot start. They've ran into their tougher competition now, and it's been tough for them. I think this game is going to be very, very close, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Eastern Kentucky, and I'm going to give EKU the win to be in a position to be looking into the playoffs, of course, at an at-large possibility for that AQ7. So I'm sorry to my uh, stay cocky Gamecock fans. I'm going to give Eastern Eastern Kentucky the edge. Guys, we are loving the road teams right now as we just keep picking them left and right. Um, So maybe we'll see a home team win one of these uh, eventually. But Jamie... Is that going to start with Delaware, uh, or do you see Villanova continuing to roll into possibly looking to a seeding position? Uh, this is a big rivalry game, the Battle of the Blue. There's a trophy on the line and everything, and it's usually a very tightly contested game. But with Delaware being down Nolan Henderson, I've said it all year, uh, Zach Gwynn's not good enough to uh, carry this team over any of the good teams. You saw them get blown out by Richmond yesterday. Villanova seems to kind of be rolling. Um uh, I don't see that changing now. So Villanova wins, uh, probably locks themselves into a seed and will win the tiebreaker and become the CAA champions in tiebreaker over James Madison, who they beat by one point a few weeks ago. Okay. So Villanova becoming the victor 
over Delaware and congratulations to Villanova then winning the CAA with the tiebreaker advantage over James Madison. Uh, they are in the field, but will they be seated? That's a question we're going to figure out as this episode continues. Very, very exciting. Um, so if you don't mind, um, Jamie, actually, you know what? I, I'll take this one here. Mercer at East Tennessee State. You know what? No, Jamie, take this one because you have been the SoCon man this entire podcast all fall. Give me some love for Mercer at ETSU. This is a huge matchup. The winner wins the conference, gets in the playoff field. The SoCon's been very competitive. Kick it, my man. Who do you think wins this one? Uh, this is going to be a really good game. Both teams really want to run the ball. Uh, Mercer has to win this game, unfortunately, to get in. If they lose, I don't think they're going to have enough to get in. Uh, but two is better than one, and... Jacob Sailors and Quay Holmes are two of the best backs in the entire FCS. With apologies to Pierre Strong and Isaiah Davis, they may be the best two back pair in the entire FCS. East Tennessee State, I think, wins this game, and I'm not sure it's uh, that close. They win the SOCON this year, and will they be a seed? Crazy stuff. ETSU, heck of a year. This will put them at 10 and 1 an FBS upset win. So ETSU wins their conference. And we come down to the final game here, which has become insane because of the insane last second throw by the Coyotes. So this game really matters because Kyler, we're going to either see NDSU win the Valley outright, or we're going to see a shared title between SIU, NDSU, Missouri State, South Dakota. I mean, it's just going to be all over the place. Is it going to be simple, Kyler, with North Dakota State winning or South Dakota State going to cause some chaos uh, here on Saturday? Oh man, I would love South Dakota State to, or South Dakota to cause some chaos. Like, I this is my dream. I'm putting all my money down. I'm not putting any money down, guys. Um, this is one of those things. North Dakota State, their offense still does not look like it's super dominant, but their defense is so incredible. I don't think South Dakota is going to have this crazy Hail Mary play where, you know, none of North Dakota State's guys are defending him. <laughs> I think if it comes down to something like that, the ball's not getting to the wide receiver's hands from South Dakota. So I'm taking NDSU to win the Valley outright. Um, I think that's probably one of the safest picks in this list. But, yeah, that's where I'm going. I, I would love the Coyotes to win. Unfortunately, the Coyotes are going to look like Chihuahuas in this matchup. Ooh, Chihuahuas. Okay. They still should have a pretty good shot at making the field, as we're about to find out. But, guys, um, here's the best thing that we just uh, got a hold of is we now have a full picture because of the games we project to go a certain way, and we now have the big games locked in terms of how we can set up this bracket. So imagine it's Saturday evening, everybody. The games are over. Uh, finally, those West Coast games are done. We have a full idea of what's going on, and now it's time to predict the playoff field. So uh, we're feeling pretty confident what we have. And what we're pulling up here now, guys, if you are watching on YouTube, is going to be kind of our format of what we're looking at and what we're actually going to use to figure out who's in and to figure out who is out. So, uh, Kyler, right now, do you feel like there should be more than the 30 teams I'm about to pop up here? Or do you feel like these are kind of the 30 we should be looking at even into next Sunday? What's crazy is I am probably the biggest advocate on reducing the playoff field out of all of us admins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the guys who has been on paper saying I, I wish we had 16 teams because I don't ever think 24 teams are deserving. This is the first year in a long time. There's actually 24 plus teams that are deserving to actually be in this playoff field. So I actually like all of the 30 teams you included. I think those are probably 
the only teams that really have a decent shot at making the playoffs. Um, I know you left off a couple teams like a Jacksonville State that's been mentioned in the comments. I'm with you on this one. I don't think with five losses you are in the playoffs. So I think you did a fantastic job kind of putting the list of the 30 teams together. I think there are 30 probably deserving teams to actually be in the postseason. I have no qualms. No qualms, man. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the support. It might not get the same from the fans, and that's okay, guys. Disagreement is good. Question your own thought process. Okay, so let's do a quick recap of who's in the playoffs now. So we're the committee, and we're looking at the picture, and we see the auto bid. So the auto bids are set. There are 11 auto bids this year for the conference champions that get automatic bids into the playoff field. From your AQ7, you have Sam Houston. Congratulations to the undefeated Bearcats. Uh, out of the Big Sky with a win over the Grizz, Montana State. Congrats, you are the Big Sky champs. The Big South, Jamie has called an upset at the end. Monmouth with a worse record than Kennesaw, better conference record, wins the Big South. Villanova by beating JMU by one point, wins the CAA. The Missouri Valley goes to North Dakota State. Uh, the Northeast Conference, Sacred Heart wins that one. UT Martin, 10-1 and one UT Martin, based off of our predict predictions, wins the OVC. The Patriot goes to Holy Cross. Uh, they have just dominated in the Patriot League, so kudos to Holy Cross on another great season. The Pioneer goes to Davidson. Steph Curry is very excited. Uh, SoCon goes to ETSU, who's been a really fun team this year. And finally, the Southland. University of Incarnate Word. Uh, university I would drive by all the time when I was in San Antonio for military training. Of all the things, University of Incarnate Word. Good for them. They've had a great year. So there you go. They are in the field. That doesn't guarantee them a seed, but it puts them in the playoffs. And as you guys can see live on our YouTube screen, we now have some remaining teams that are not in slash left out. Um, and I have break it, broke them down in terms of what conference they're from. And how this is going to work, guys, is the next part of our podcast is actually us discussing who will be the remaining 13 at-large teams. Now, how do we get down to this? We are going to be able to, we're going to go in between each other. So uh, for the first pick, Mr. Kyler, he is going to get the final say. For the second pick, Jamie's going to get the final say, then I get a final say. So we each get four final says on who's in. And uh, because Kyler leads the Pick'em Challenge for the podcast, he gets the 13th and final pick, which personally I'm okay with because I don't want to make that final call. Kyler can take all the heat. So, all right, guys, um, let's do it. So now it's just committee discussion. This is not sort of like your turn, Kyler, your turn, Jamie. This could get heated because now it's time to pick the best teams. Uh, so, Kyler, you're the first to put somebody up, and we'll discuss them. It's up to you, my man. Who do you think should be the first at large to join the current 11 teams? Well, I think this is a, a pretty easy pick since, you know, you had Villanova winning the CA in this one. We're going to go with the next highest-ranked team that is not an actual bid. Um, James Madison, they're already a lock for the playoffs. I think this is the easiest pick anyone can make. James Madison, you're the number one, um, you're the number one team off the board. Uh, any, uh, of course, you're not going to find any sort of uh, backlash from me, Jamie. Um, as easy as it comes, right here for James Madison entering the field. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Ten and one, um, four uh, wins at the time on the road of ranked teams. So, you know, they don't all wind up ranked at the end of the year. Uh, might wind up with none ranked at the at the time at the end of the season. But ten and one in that conference that kind of uh, dominating wins in most places. Uh, that I think that's a simple one. Go Dukes. 
on Go Deeks. All right, so James Madison is our first team in. We now have 12 teams into the field. Congratulations to the Dukes on a 10 and one season. <laughs> I love this. I'm not sure who you are because you haven't logged in, but Facebook user, how deep can you dive until you run out of oxygen? Look at that. <laughs> it's a Big Sky Podcast Network guy. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, good for them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We're, we're up over 50 viewers right now. We hope to keep uh, having people come on. This, this is a really fun episode. So there you go, guys. James Madison is in the field. Uh, so now, Jamie, it's up to you to put up a team you believe should enter. And you're either going to get our full support or we're going to tell you that you stink and that you got to pick somebody else. So what do you got, my man? Okay, well, I don't think I'm going to stink on this one. Uh, same logic Kyler just used. So Montana State will be unbeaten in the big sky. We've already uh, given them that that title. Um, the team that had to go as a tiebreaker and down to the Sagarin ratings, 8-0 in the big sky. You can't leave out Sacramento State. Sacramento State. And... What is their strength of schedule sitting at currently? Guys, what we do have pulled up here for you is what we're looking at right now. We're looking at quality wins, and we're looking at quality wins based off the current top 25 or teams that are you know over that 500 mark. We're not going to use – there's a lot of debates and with the committee of what like they use quality wins at the time they played. We kind of think that's bullcrap. We're going with what does the schedule say now? How good was the team when you played them? We don't care if a team was ranked in the first game of the season and now they only won two games, and that's not a quality win for your team. So Sacramento State, what do we got for them, Jamie? How are they looking, my man? Uh, let's see. Sacramento State, thanks to this wonderful research by Matthew Frazee, uh, they do have a, a strength of schedule of 32. So that's fairly solid. Um, they lost to Cal, uh, which is an FBS team. Um and they lost to Northern Iowa back early in the season, uh, which is their only loss to an FCS team. They did beat Montana, and we predicted that they will beat UC Davis. So uh, a couple of solid wins there. And then again, 8-0 and in the big sky. Uh, you can't leave that team out. Yeah, Sacramento State looking good. And of course, that game next week is huge as we predict them to beat UC Davis. Okay, so, so far, not so bad, right? Uh, Patrick Furk says, uh, shake my head. Sacramento State stinks. Well, we'll have to see as they they were the four seed a few years back and they did get upset right away. But we'll see if they pull it up this time. So, um, all right. So I guess it's my call. Well, looking across, I still think I have a lot of really, really good options. Um, I think I'm going to I'm going to go a little bit off brand, not completely, but. No, I'll, I'll make it simple. Um, I do think if you're going to project Eastern Washington to win next week, Eastern Washington also from the big sky should be in the field. I think they've got a good enough resume. Uh, when you actually take a look at quality wins and stuff, here's the breakdown. Eastern Washington has a loss to Weber State and Montana State. So not a great loss to Weber. Montana State, though, should be a top four seed. But their quality wins include an FBS win over UNLV. They will have beaten Montana, who I think is going to get into the field. And they just beat UC Davis, who I think also could get into the field. So they have three quality wins, which is really high compared to most. They are looked at as eight and two in the committee's eyes because Eastern played a division two team. So like, you know, they they would have eight FCS D1 wins, not nine, even though they're nine and two overall. And their strength of schedule is 19th. Tough strength of schedule, three quality wins, losses that are justified. One bad one, but it was close. I think Eastern Washington's a shoe in to get in there along with the other two you've already added. Any pushback from Kyler? I'm going to guessing no. Jamie, anything uh, against your Eagles here? Yeah, we, we shouldn't be a playoff team. We've, <laughs> we're going to end the season nine and two. That is just trash. Um, horrible, horrible team. 
worst worst offense in the nation. So uh, we shouldn't be in. But I guess you're the last say, so we'll do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to let you down, buddy. I'm sorry to put your Eagles into the field. So <laughs> making this tough for you. All right, guys. So James Madison, Sac State, and Eastern Washington are in at at-larges. Excited to see what Mr. Jamie Williams puts up for matchups. Um, of course, we still have to see these teams after we get them all in here. So, all right. Uh, next up is going to be you, Kyla. We're back around the horn. What do you think, my man? Who is going to be your next team that's going to be coming in and why? So I'm going to change the system a little bit, okay? This is where we may get the first a little bit of kickback. Maybe not. Um, but here's the deal. I'm actually going with Southeastern Louisiana for the fourth team in. That's uh, who I was going to pick. Okay. Well, then maybe we won't get any kickback and I should just shut up. But the reason <laughs> the reason is they're going to be 9-2 and two on the season. That is 9-1 versus the FCS, and their only loss is going to be to Incarnate Word, who's a conference champion, who is already a top 25 team. Um, yes, they lack any good wins, right? When you're looking at the resume, they'll actually have zero ranked wins in terms of teams finishing. But the difference is they've dominated 99% of their opponents. And the one game that they had against Incarnate Word, it was such a close, amazing game at the very end where Southeastern Louisiana had a chance to win. It was one of those 60 to 55 old school Big Sky games. Um, I think at 9-2, and two, basically 9-1 uh, and one versus the FCS, Southeastern Louisiana is a lock to make it into the field somewhere. So I'm going to put them this early. Yeah, it doesn't hurt when you have Cole Kelly and the likely I well, uh, him, the runner-up or the winner between him and EB3 for the Walter Payton Award. So uh, hopefully we'll see them facing somebody for a fun quality matchup. But I think Selah, correct. They have played enough. That loss to UIW was really close. And their FBS loss was by three points, I recall. So, I mean, they almost had an FBS win. Selah could be looking at a very high seed if just a few points or things go different. So I, I think you're spot on there, Kyler. I don't have any disagreement. Ka Jamie, you agree? We got got a two Southland teams in there now with Incarnate Word and South Louisiana, Southeastern Louisiana. I wish I could because it's kind of boring without us arguing. Hopefully, we'll be able to argue here in a little while. But oh, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there, I mean, folks. Hold on. I, I think I think the Lions have to go in. Um, yeah, there's um, strength schedule is 55, which isn't great, but it's not the worst on the board. Uh, of the teams that we're going to talk about, it's better than ECSU's strength schedule. So, um, yeah, there's like I said, there there are two or three plays away from being completely unbeaten on on the season, um, running through just about everybody. So they they go in. Here we want some arguments on the show. Let let's go back, Matt. How do you pronounce Sagarin again? <laughs> Don't do this to me, guys. <laughs> I'm easily the least educated person for like civilian education. No, you have podcast. degrees. Please this don't guy, please don't make me say it. This guy couldn't even pass Eastern. That's saying <laughs> a lot of things. Uh um, I, I do like this comment from a Facebook user here. He asks, How come South Region Lambs get some sort of benefit of the doubt and other teams don't? At large bids shouldn't be participation trophies. Uh, that is an auto bid. Um, you know, actually, if you were to take C Law, um, of course, benefit of the doubt can be used as a phrase, but if you actually took C Law, their strength of schedule, it's actually better than quite a few teams than you realize. Um, their strength of schedule is at 55 right now. Like James Madison's is at 48 and James Madison's one quality win with an FCS loss is going to be over William and Mary. So like, yeah, you could just look at face value that JMU is great and be like, I know they're good, but on paper, uh, a strength of schedule is comparable. They had a close loss to a team that's automatically in no different than James Madison. 
Um, and they've got really talented players and rosters, and they've had a lot of blowout wins. So I don't know. I think that justifies enough to be able to put C-Law in the field. So I think they my, would, my, uh, my, think they'd do my okay. Comment, my comment to this, a little bit of a reaction would be, because, yes, everyone's going to have a different opinion on is Southeastern Louisiana going to beat some of the top-tier teams? Like this Facebook user right there, James Madison would destroy Southeastern Louisiana. Cool. James Madison would destroy Oh, I need to shut down my Facebook. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is Jamie just commenting. But at the at the end of the day, look at the semifinals in the history. What are some of the semifinal games that hasn't been a complete blowout? This happens in the playoffs. It is what it is. Styles make for matchups. But at the end of the day, if you're picking maybe the top 30 teams and comparing them to the strength of schedule, how many other nine-win Division I teams have a better strength of schedule than Southeastern Louisiana? It is not 24 teams. I'll say that. There's the, Sometimes you have to just look at it on paper and go, nine wins? All right, that is better than a, maybe a seven-win team that has a stronger strength of schedule because that's still two more Division I wins. Yes, maybe that seven team could have went – and play their schedule and got the nine win teams, but guess what? It didn't. So there is a little bit of interesting facts when you are looking at some type of playoff committee. Uh, right now, Southeastern Louisiana, they are a nightmare matchup for a few teams out there that are going to be playoff caliber teams. If you have a bad passing defense, you do not want to play Southeastern Louisiana, right? That, <laughs> you could have a phenomenal rushing defense, which is helping your total defensive stats. But if you have a bad passing defense, this is a team that can torch you. So, um, yeah, right now at nine and two, again, nine and one versus FCS, even though maybe their strength of schedule isn't as comparable as some of the Missouri Valley teams, they should get a nod. Um, yeah, that, that's just my point. So I'm going to override the comments and go, guess what? I'm picking Southeastern Louisiana. So they get to join in the bracket. Yeah. And uh, guys, it's good to mix it up, too, because like you don't want these three fans of Eastern NDSU and jmu just putting in first all the caa big sky and valley teams and then just at the end being like well now what do we pick between the rest i mean come on now so um but i do like the interaction of the fans we love it as we move into our fifth team entering at an at-large jamie this is your selection my man are we going to debate you or are we we just going to agree with you what do you got i hope i'm not going to crash the motorcycle here but i'm going to pick uh, missouri state Missouri uh, Bobby Petrino's team. I, I can't believe we went this far without talking about the Valley. All those Valley fans out there have got to be bored. So let's talk about a Valley team, Missouri State. Um, yes, they lost to North Dakota State, but and then they lost to Youngstown. They had lost there. Uh, lost to Oklahoma State. Doesn't matter. They've got some quality. They got a quality win over uh, Southern Illinois. They beat South Dakota. So that team's kind of peaking at the right time. I, I think that's a playoff team. Yeah, for sure. They have um, some more quality wins. If you wanted to count quality win as current top 25 or playoff caliber team that at least the committee would discuss Missouri State. A lot of people say they could be fringe seed is what they're talking about right now, because if you think South Dakota's a playoff team, Missouri State beat them. If you think that Southern Illinois is a playoff team, Missouri State beat them. They went into the Fargo Dome and only lost by seven. And if it wasn't for a quarterback change, Missouri State could have easily won that game. So um, here's the thing. Missouri State looking good. So credit to Bobby Petrino. And uh, Garth is mentioning one of our fans. He says Missouri State quarterback looks good. He is very good. Their interior offensive line is really brutal. But he kind of plays and he wears number three. He plays a lot like Eric Berrier and he keeps plays alive. So, um, yeah. So I, I completely agree with Missouri State. We're bound to have a few Valley teams. I don't have any pushback there unless Kyler thinks that's a bad pick. So I'm, I'm probably the guy out of all the admins that has Missouri State ranked the highest. Um, I have them number seven in my top 25. So, of course, I'm going to agree with Jamie. 
look, they were even competitive with the number 10 team in the FBS, Oklahoma State. It's not like that was a bad loss by any means. They were competitive with North Dakota State, which everyone's having as probably a four seed, something around there, you know, a four seed or better. Um, they have good wins. They've, they've beaten southeastern Louisiana, North Dakota, um, northern Iowa, all in a row. Those are tough games. So if any other Missouri Valley team is, um, you know, on the ability to maybe get a seed or at least a playoff bid, Missouri State outside of North Dakota State definitely deserves the highest recognition so far. Petrino's done an extremely good job. Chris Hammond, that's the only thing he's ever been right in his life. Um, he said Missouri State is now a power. Um, and guess what? He's been right. Uh, Missouri State, they look absolutely fantastic this season. All He's right. just mad that he got the wrong Petrino. <laughs> the wrong Bobby. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, guys, we got five set here. JMU, Sac State, Eastern Washington. C-Law, as one of our fans said, Nick, this is great. St. Louis University does not have a football program. This is C-Law, not SLU. You got me there, Nick. Good job. No, um, that's not true. That's, that's They asked to be SLU before the year. They don't want to be C-Law. <laughs> They're trying to switch Danny it up Johnson. If you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. Danny the man and Missouri State enters the field, guys. It is my pick now here for the 16 to enter as an at large. I'm just going to keep what I believe simplicity. I'm going to keep it going. We had a comment here that said those are the three best conferences. Well, let's stick with them then. I think Southern Illinois is an easy team to put into the playoff field. I think Southern Illinois they sit at eight and three. Uh, after next Saturday, if they win, uh, their FBS loss was to Kansas State and it was not a blowout, I think it was like 10 points. Their two FCS losses come at the hands of you and I, who's at least at 500, and Missouri State, who we just put in the playoff field. So, But let's justify them with quality over their losses, right? Quality win over South Dakota State, who is likely also a playoff team. So they've got a playoff team they've already beaten, and their Massey rating or strength of schedule right now sits at 8th. 8th for the strength of schedule to go 8-3. and three. To me, that's, that's, that's no joke. So uh, good stuff and not too bad. So uh, yes, Massey... Massey rating of eighth. Uh, I'm going to put in Southern Illinois. Do you guys think the Salukis and Nikhil deserve to be in there or uh, or not so much? I have a Saluki helmet, so of course they're getting in the playoff bid. Um, that's about the only thing I can say. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at their strength of schedule, definitely one of the strongest strength of schedules in all the FCS, right? And then they're still going to round off with eight wins. And that's eight wins against Division One opponents, I believe. Um, yeah, they definitely deserve to be in the playoff field and they're going to get a playoff bid, you know, at eight and three, they're going to, they're going to be in. So Matt, great pick. Bring them in there, bring them in there. So as someone says it was one score, not 10 points. I hate to tell you guys, we don't, I'm not Googling things right in front of me. I'm going with assumptions. So, uh, all right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Number seven, Kyler, you've got the seventh pick. Things are going to get tough here now for the teams that we feel like could be left. I'm going to let the audience know if you're listening to this on our podcast platforms over watching on YouTube. We still think teams that could get in for the remaining, um, I guess it would be six spots, no, seven spots. Uh, we think Stephen F. Austin, Eastern Kentucky, UC Davis, Montana, Kennesaw, Rhode Island, William & Mary, South Dakota, South Dakota State, Mercer, Chattanooga, VMI, and Florida A&M are possibilities. We don't think anybody who has only six wins is going to make the field this year. So that knocks a lot of people out, like maybe Nichols and you and I. So of those remaining, Kyler, is it still easy or or what do you got, man? Who is your next selection? Here's the deal. Um, I'm going to keep it Big Sky related. You, you know, we're already seeing a lot of Big Sky teams in this playoff field. Um, and you guys can call me biased for this. But even with a loss against Montana State, I think Montana is a lock for the playoffs at eight and three. 
You know, they go eight and three. Sure, they lost to Eastern Washington in a last second, you know, game. That was very close. They lost to Sac State, but the, and they're going to lose to Montana State. The big difference is they have a win against Washington. If you're in the big sky and you have eight wins, that's really about eight and a half wins, maybe even nine in the, you know, committee's playoff simple rating system. So I think Montana gets in at eight and three. Um, that's about what I think. Let's hear some. Let's hear some. Um, Kyler, you're stupid. You're wrong. The big sky sucks. Um, we're let's gonna, hear some of it. We're definitely going to get to that with as we get here into the last. I would say four or five picks because I know I've got different opinions from you guys. Uh, but this is just not a time where I'm going to be able to pull out the guns. I think this is a pretty easy call because Montana, of all things. They beat a power five team in Washington. You already mentioned that. That's so good. Strength of schedule is in the top 30s at number 27 right now. And the quality win, I mean, with an FBS win, now they did get beat by, you could say, all their tough FCS competition, right? So you could say that. You could say Montana has an FBS win. Is that the only reason they're going to get in the field? Why would I include a team into the playoffs that can't even beat teams that are playoff caliber? There's literally nothing there. But it's not the... If you line that FBS up win, it's it's tough. So I think you're safe with Montana getting into the field, especially at the eight win mark. It's not like there's a division two win in there for them. So I like your pick, Kyler. But if I had to push back on you because you wanted it, I'd say they just didn't beat anybody in the FCS with, who was good. But be, beating Washington is impressive. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. Montana is into the field. And Jamie, that brings us back to you, my man. You're selecting the eighth at large here. Who do you got for bringing into the field as it continues to dwindle? Well, I am going to go with a team that pulled a rabbit out of a loss uh, yesterday, and I'm going to go with the Coyotes actually snapping the rabbit's neck. South Dakota, uh, with that win yesterday against South Dakota State, locked themselves into the field, in my opinion. South Dakota, the Coyotes. Missouri Valley just pulling teams in left and right as the Coyotes make their way into it. Um, South Dakota, they're kind of on the uprise. They, their big win for the season, like initially where people kind of took notice, was definitely over UND. That's where people got excited. Like people are like, UND from the spring, they should be good. They should have an opportunity. Um, but then when USD took them, that kind of switched things around, and USD kind of sat in that seat where they were. So uh, South Dakota, if you, they were to win or they were to lose next week, they would still sit at seven and four. So they've got the seven wins. They lost to Kansas. That game was close. Um, losing to Missouri state, NDSU and Illinois state. Only one of those losses is really bad, but beating South Dakota state on that last second definitely saved them. They would not be remotely allowed into this field. If they had lost last week and lost to NDSU, they would be sitting at six wins. They're out bubble burst. So that last second done. Kyler, do you think this many Valley teams right now is legitimate or do you think we're kind of overdoing it at this point? I mean, let's just go in the history of the, the playoff committee. Now, I know this committee is brand new, right? No one's been in this committee before, which is kind of interesting. But if you have an eight and three team versus division one opponents in the Missouri Valley, that's a lock. Or what is South Dakota? They're going to be seven and four in our eyes or seven wins against the FCS in arguably the strongest conference in the FCS, yeah, I mean, 7-3 and three versus the FCS, you're in, especially after that big win against South Dakota State, who most people are going to have in the playoffs, right? As long as they take care of business this next weekend, South Dakota State's most likely in the playoffs. So you have a win over a playoff team, you're in the playoffs at 7-3 and three versus the FCS. I, I think it's a solid pick. 
Yeah, I'm going to show people um, actually the resumes that I built here at the end. So if you stick around for the whole podcast, you're going to see it at the end. You're going to be amazed at how few quality wins there actually are. Like one quality win, you'd be amazed at how many people haven't beat anybody who's top 25 or anybody who right now is respectable. So one, two or three quality wins in our eyes, which is current up-to-date information. Committee may view it at time, but we view it as up-to-date information uh, is actually super, super impressive. So... Um, all right, guys, let's keep it rolling here. Jamie with pick number eight. That leaves it back to me for number nine to bring somebody into the field. And oh boy, oh boy, do I take the last Big Sky team, the last Missouri Valley team that we feel are options in UC Davis or South Dakota State, or do I start to reach into the Southern? I have high hopes for the Southern. So, or do I start looking at FAMU? And I really think two Q7s are getting in. And I'm talking out loud here, guys, because this one's tough. Um, you know, Jamie, I do kind of disagree with you when it comes now. Do I disagree with you with Mercer? All right. Pick, pick the other one. I'm going I'm, <laughs> to, yeah, I'm going to go with Chattanooga. I'm going to put Chattanooga into the field at seven and four. And here's why guys, because their FPS loss was to Kentucky. They played Kentucky super tough. Okay. So I'm going to put Chattanooga in here. Their losses were to VMI, who right now is a fringe maybe playoff team mercer who is a fringe playoff maybe team and they lost austin p that's a bad one but they do have that quality win over etsu so a 10 and one team a team we think could be a seed we're going to find that out later here in the podcast so i think that with a strength of schedule 35th and as one of our facebook users has commented the socon just beating each other up no different than the missouri valley i like chattanooga going into this season i thought they had a slow start so I like Chattanooga into the field. There's no way both of you are spot on with that pick. Uh, Jamie, you said go with the other one. Were you referring to Chattanooga or were you thinking about VMI? Because I'm taking Chattanooga. As much as it pained me that I was hoping that VMI would be able to pick up a win, they almost got past Furman. That, to me, probably burst their bubble. Uh, When I said go to the other one, it was Chattanooga. Um, Mercer has never made the playoffs, and as much as I'd like them to, the only games of theirs you can consider are their SoCon games, and they lost to VMI, and they beat Chattanooga, but Chattanooga also beat ETSU. Well, here's the thing, too, is um, Mercer played a Division II team, so they're right. going to be 8-3, but in the committee's eyes, that's 7-3, and three. Chattanooga 7-4, and four, so yeah, an extra loss, but in terms of wins, that is the same. The strength of schedule for Chattanooga right now, 35th. The strength of schedule for Mercer, 63rd. Um, so Mercer lost to ETSU, like you said. Chattanooga beat them. Um, Mercer lost to VMI, so did Chattanooga. So if you had to choose from the SoCon, I think Chattanooga has that edge. So Yeah, and as funny as it sounds, uh, Chattanooga's win over ETSU was a better win than Mercer's win over Chattanooga. And so that, to <laughs> me, almost is one of the tiebreakers, as goofy as that sounds. <laughs> Kyler, man, you're shaking your yep. head. So you you hating on me on this? I am. Um, of course, you're going to override me because that's what you do, you unbiased bastard. <laughs> um, but here's the deal. If, if Let's say both teams are going to have seven wins versus the FCS, right? Because that D2 win does not count, right? It is what it is. That D2 win doesn't count. So Mercer is seven and three. Chattanooga is seven and three versus the FCS. That head-to-head is more important than anything else. I think if you're going to pick Chattanooga, Mercer is above Chattanooga. People will look at head-to-heads when the resume is similar. 
And I do think the resume is similar when both have seven FCS wins. You're going to look at the team, especially recently. It, it, there is some recently bias that we always see in the committee's eyes. You're going to look at, all right, who just played who? Oh, Mercer just beat Chattanooga. If Chattanooga deserves to be in the FCS playoffs, Mercer does too, if they have the same resume. So that that's kind of my difference. So um, I think if you're picking Chattanooga, Mercer should definitely be above them. But that's where I disagree with both of you all because, you know, you have a Midwest and a Southern guy who doesn't know anything about football. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. I love I love all of you guys. But that, that's that's my big disagreement because when the resumes are so similar, you should lean to the team who had the win over the other team, if that makes sense. Um, that head-to-head win is important. Yep, that's a fair assessment. I think the committee will look to that head-to-head as something big, and that could be your defining factor. I just really like that win over ETSU. So it's like, do you, do you knock them for the loss? And it's it's hard to knock for a loss or with the win. Yeah, you make good points, but I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to go with Chattanooga. I'm going to put them into the field. And the reason I'm saying that is because I do think a third SoCon team could get in there. So I don't think it's if I don't think that's too crazy, but we're gonna see what you guys ultimately decide as we move into pick number 10. Oh boy, guys, we don't have many left. And Kyler, it is up to you, my man. Who are you putting in now that's remaining in this field? Listen, here here's what's gonna happen. The Jackrabbits from South Dakota State, they're getting in. That win over North Dakota State is still one of the most impressive FCS wins on the season. Yes, they lost to their rival in a weird Hail Mary. Yes, they lost to Southeastern Louisiana when they went for two instead of just kicking a field goal in overtime. I think overall it's going to be really tough as long as South Dakota State takes care of business next weekend or this weekend like we think they do to leave them out of the playoff field. So South Dakota State, you are in, which now makes five Missouri Valley teams in the playoffs. And I think that is very accurate to assume that that's going to happen. All right. So does the Missouri Valley represent – like in 2015 when Western Illinois got in at like six and five and got to the second round, they, they won their first round game to semi justify that selection or do they fall apart? Like the CAA did in 2018 and everyone goes, Ooh, that was not wise to put that many in Jamie. Are you okay with five Valley teams with South Dakota state being the last one? Or do you think that's kind of a stretch? Yeah. I, I think that's where it ends right there. I mean, they've got to be in though. As if they lose to North Dakota, they're out and we would have never thought we'd be talking about South Dakota state as a bubble team, but I think they go, go ahead at home and get a win over North Dakota. Like we've taught, talked already. Um, you can't leave that team out. They've, they've got an FBS win. They beat they're the only team that's beaten North Dakota state bubble or not. They're not a seed. They're playing somebody in the first round, but that's a team that's in the playoffs. Very, very interesting. Okay, well, moving out of the Valley is now gone. Uh, the Southland teams we feel like could be in are also the Southland teams we thought could be in. Incarnate Word, Autobid, Selah at large are in. Uh, we thought the Valley could get four to five. They got all five for our predictions here. Um, and the teams we have remaining, guys, are two in the AQ7, one Big Sky team, one Big South, two CAA, two Southern, and a SWAC team, Florida A&M. So if you guys don't know, Let's talk about that SWAC just real quick. Not saying we're going to put them up here because it's about to be Jamie's pick, but Florida A&M, they will finish likely with Jackson State winning next week. They will finish second in their division of the SWAC. Um, So they will not go to the SWAC championship. Um, They will be eligible for an at-large selection. And uh, the MEAC, South Carolina State, they actually won 
their conference this week as well. So Florida A&M is going to be that HBCU team that's going to be really good, that's going to be left out of the opportunity to go play in the SWAC championship and the Celebration Bowl, and they will be 9-2. and two. So that's why they are included for some people who think that the HBCUs just don't play in the playoffs. That's not true. There's scenarios where they get in, and it's happened in the past. So a little bit of education there for you. Jamie, we are down to the final three for at-larges, and the next one's yours, my man. Who is this team? I am going to put up for consideration the team of the Hacks, the team of Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. I'm going to put up the Rhode Island Rams. The Rams. The Rams of Rhode Island, and with a win next week, go to 8-3 and three with an FBS win over UMass. Uh, of course, half more than half of the, that conference that uh, Jamie you and Rhode Island play in would probably beat UMass. Uh, two of them already have. Uh, they, they did get smoked by Villanova. They lost to Maine and Towson. Uh, um, so they don't have a huge quality win other than having an FBS win, but they're eight and three in that conference. So it's going to be hard to leave that team out. Uh, Rams are in the playoffs, in my opinion. Do you think that they're, uh, I, I'll add them in here for you, but Mercer, man, why not Mercer? Like, I know Mercer has one less win because they play D2, but Mercer's got quality win. They got they got Chattanooga. Maybe they also have an FBS loss. I don't know, man. I think I would I'd I'd fight for that SoCon Mercer team, I think, yeah. before Rhode Island. And I'll counter with you, Matt, because I agree with Jamie on this one. Rhode Island, eight and three what? with an FBS win. They are in. The big difference on why you're fighting for Mercer is because you know you were completely wrong picking Chattanooga. No. That is Chatt- Chattanooga only... actually had a tough strength of schedule, oh, unlike these your... unlike these Rams and Bears. Yeah, you shut your dirty mouth. There's a reason no. why Chattanooga lost to Mercer just this weekend, right? There's a reason for it, you punk. But that's the reason why you're fighting for them. Eight and three CAA team with an FBS win, that's a lock. I mean, let's look FBS at what is happening. UMass. I know it counts, but what it counts. It counts. We're looking at this through what? the committee's eyes. Not the oh. Matthew Frazee's eyes. Put them so against that, Alabama like Mercer played. See, the last three picks, this is where this is going to get interesting because all of us are going to disagree. But Jamie definitely knows what he's talking about. Rhode Island is a lock if they win out, which guess what? Eight and three, an FBS win. They Sure, they had a very bad couple slumps, um, you know, week, week. But CA is still tough. And overall, they're going to get a bid over Mercer. If, if it's coming down to it, the big difference is, is Chattanooga deserving of a bid over Mercer. That's where your real argument is, you bum, you knucklehead. Oh, man, I don't know. I guess it is the CAA, but, like, just because UMass. UMass is what's going to get them. Like, I get with Montana, you're like, they beat Washington, who's not a great Power 5 team this year, but they're still Washington. But, like, is UMass the edging factor with all of this oh the my simple goodness. rating system it shows that they are and you were one oh. of the first people in the history of this page to point out the simple rating system i am that's operates. true you did deep research you asked people from the actual fcs about the simple rating system so we know it does not matter if you play alabama or umass they still count the exact same which is unfortunate oh you i know you're right that those are the facts my emotions want to take it away but and I'm also happy Jamie picked Rhode Island to get a little disagreement going. We knew this was going to happen in the final three or four. So, all right, you guys hate my Chattanooga. I'm not a fan of your Rhode Island pick. That's okay. 
We're no, still Jamie, pushing forward. Jamie likes it. Oh, he likes Jamie Moody, loved yeah. your Chattanooga. Yep. Uh, I'm just the only one disagreeing with all. I'm only disagreeing with Matthew Frazee. That's it. <laughs> That's right. This is a Matthew Frazee with just... chaos. Eight Wait till wins, we get to the seeds. Wait till know. we get to the seeds. This is good. Yeah, I mean, these last two are going to be a bear, <laughs> but y'all have fun with that because y'all get to pick them. So uh... <laughs> that is a great segue, Jamie. Um, as we have entered the final two at larges, guys. Here's what our current thing looks like. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching us live, you have your auto bids out here. You have your at larges currently, and we are about to select the final two, and then we're going to get into seeding, and then Jamie's going to put the bracket together. So stay tuned. We're over seventy people watching right now. Thank you guys for all the comments and checking it out. All right, let's do this. It's my pick, and then Kyler gets the last one. Okay. Teams that I am not interested in picking at this time from the remaining list. I don't think William and Mary is worthy to put in as the four CAA team. Um, I Stephen F. Austin's strength of schedule is so, so low compared to the others. Um, Eastern Kentucky... I don't think they've given me enough show me stuff like Jacksonville state at the end. Is that going to be me, your show me game that really gets me excited? I don't think so. I honestly think UC Davis is the, the easy call here to make. But if I look at UC Davis in the big sky, I'm pulling up my notes here, guys. They lost to Idaho state, Sacramento state and Eastern, but they have an FBS win over Tulsa and a strength of schedule 43rd. And I did all the resume research, guys. I'm not seeing much out of other teams. They got to eight wins and compared to a lot of these teams that have seven wins. And Kennesaw State, their strength of schedule is too enormously low. You know what? I, I have to go with UC Davis out of the big sky. I Another team. I just don't see justification for putting anybody else above them with eight wins and an FBS victory and a 43rd strength of schedule. So I will take UC Davis as the 23rd team to enter as the at-large. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it, get it right? Jamie, what do you think? That Tulsa win is going to put them in. Otherwise, it's it's tough uh, because they lost to Idaho State. They lost to Eastern Washington. We predicted they lose to Sacramento State. Gosh, that's, that's tough. That FBS win. Are we overvaluing FBS wins here? I think that's the question. Are you overvaluing? So Kyler's right. They will use the simple rating system. Are we overvaluing junk FBS wins over the fact that teams, you know, but then go down the line. Kennesaw doesn't have a quality win. Go down to William and Mary. I'll click into William and Mary here out of the CAA. Did their research. Their quality win. Oh, ah, but they beat Villanova. <laughs> oh my goodness. So is a Villanova or that? Can I still go back? Can I still, can I still rehash this? I got an option. Sure. Don't I? This is your pick. You do whatever that. This is your podcast, your research. Jamie and I didn't do anything. You can do whatever you want. Oh, my goodness. This is, oh, this is so incredibly difficult. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with what I said. I'm going to stick with UC Davis, but I, I'm not confident about it, guys. I'm really, that that's tough. If you guys, here, here's this. You could sway me. I'm going to give you this opportunity. You say I can do whatever I want. If you guys think right now there's somebody who, who should be in over them, sway me right now. Because because I, I, I'm not sold that maybe UC Davis was the right call. I'm torn between them, William and Mary, and possibly another Southern team. What do you think? Or do you think uh, I'm right? Do you think I'm right? Um, here's the deal. Let's, let's look at potential. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, even though if it's not my true belief. Because I, I think eight and three UC Davis probably gets in. But the difference is, 
the last two games of the season, they get beat. I think yeah. it depends on how bad they, they get beat by Sacramento State, right? Um, if, if they get murdered by Sacramento State, like how they just did with Eastern Washington, the game was not close. The scoreboard even makes it seem a little closer, and it's still, what, a 20-point win, something like that. If they get absolutely handled by Sacramento State, whoo, they may not be able to get in because they have no good FCS wins besides Weber State, which is one of James Madison's best wins. Like when, at the end of the day, that's still one of James Madison's best wins. But now we know that Weber State is not a playoff team. That Tulsa win, that puts it as at least another half win. So you're thinking UC Davis is eight, eight and a half to nine and three, basically. Uh, just we're we're going off the simple rating system, not if it's right. realistic or not. Mm. But UC Davis did not play Montana State. UC Davis did not play Montana. That's where the big sky gets a little bit jumbled up. And if they get creamed by Sacramento State and creamed by Eastern Washington, which already happened, then that's where maybe they're not in. I just want to play a little devil's advocate to, to think um, to have you start thinking a little bit because this is your pick. I think UC Davis is about as close to a lock as you can be. But also with some of the other teams remaining, this is that weird season where there is more than 24 deserving teams. The one rare year out of the last 500,000 years that there's actually 24-plus deserving teams to be in this postseason. Um, uh, so Jamie, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it back on you and say you – because I didn't help Matt at all. I, I, <laughs> yeah, said, I was like, where's the advice? Tell yeah, no, I, I did not – when I think about it, I didn't help Matt at all. I just basically said UC Davis is definitely in and definitely out. So, uh, Jamie, where, where's your head at? <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'm a hypocrite if I say that UC Davis is out if Rhode Island's in. So, uh, I think I painted myself into that corner there. Um, <laughs> because Rhode Island didn't have to play a couple of the top teams. They didn't play William & Mary. They didn't play James Madison. Whereas um, UC Davis didn't play Montana State and Montana, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we might have to go back and maybe uh, override ourselves here later, but Matt, make your pick, buddy. <laughs> is it crazy that I'm thinking about Kennesaw? Is that crazy? No. Is it crazy? So, so for people maybe. who are prom people who are promoting Kennesaw right now, hear me out. Kennesaw's current Massey rating is 89th. Okay, they're eight and two in the committee's eyes because they played a Division two team. They have will have no victories over quality teams or top 25 wins. FBS lost to Georgia Tech. FCS lost to playoff Mammoth. So even Selah has more wins when you're talking about like the comparables there. So here, here's the only thing I'll kind of, hmm. and maybe let's go to the next pick anyway. Guys, McNeese State was nine and two one year, nine and one versus the FCS. They did not get in because they lacked any decent wins. Right now, Kennesaw State in our hypothetical because Jamie picked Mammoth over Kennesaw State. Maybe that's not going to happen. Then Kennesaw State is in the playoffs no matter what. But if Kennesaw State loses to Monmouth, their best win is Jacksonville State, who is 5-5. Five and five. That is their best win. Now, they absolutely torched them, but everyone else is a bottom 25% FCS program that they have actually beat. Um, maybe not, because NCA and T has been better in previous years, but this year they're not very good. So that, that's kind of the difference. They will have... One more win. Over, actually, they'll have the same amount of wins. Kennesaw is going to have the same amount of wins 
against FCS opponents as UC Davis. So who are you going to put in, in that one? Just think of it that way. Okay. They're both going to have eight Division One wins. But UC Davis has an FBS, so maybe it's eight and a half. So there you go. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah. I'm going to stick with it. I'm not super happy about it. I'm going to stick with UC Davis as the winners. Just stick with what I would go with right away. Don't know if I'm completely sold, but there you go. We'll go with I'm, UC Davis. We'll I'm convinced it. this uh, CJ Williams guy is uh, Kevin Marshall's alter ego. <laughs> uh, if I was honestly thinking about VMI a little bit there, guys, at seven and four. So, all right, UC Davis, we'll put him into the field. We'll move past it. And Kyler, the heat's off me now a little bit, man, but I know you love the heat. You are the final selection here for the at-larges before we start getting into playoff seating. Remaining teams, guys, if you're not watching, you're listening. Stephen F. Austin, Eastern Kentucky out of the AQ7 are eligible, we think. We think Kennesaw is eligible. We think William & Mary could be a team. Mercer, Virginia Military Institute, and Florida A&M. So that brings us down to a grand total of seven teams for one spot. Kyler, who's in? Who are the six left out? You got it, buddy. This is the crazy one. The, oh. the last pick. You know, SFA, they're going to have, what is it? Um, they're going to have only, they're going to have seven Division One wins if they win out, right? Um, yep. Kennesaw, they're going to have eight Division One wins if they win out. Or they won't win out in, in our hypothetical. William and Mary, they're going to have seven Division One wins. Um, now, Ryan Humphreys, you just went over the last remaining team. So your comment, I can't see. So thank you so much. Yeah, Walk On Podcast, which if you guys have not listened, go listen to the Walk On Podcast in the Believe Network. It is mm -hmm. such a good podcast. There are two dudes from Sam Houston who are walk-ons. A um, little bit of a plug because I think it's such a good podcast. It's great. Brian Florida and a phenomenal. Florida A&M. Now, they're going to be 9-2. and two. The difference is they're going to be really 8-2 and two because of they played a Division One team. They're also the third-place team in the SWAC. Whew, this is tough. Um, the only reason why I'm picking this team is because of something that Matt did earlier in the episode. If you're going to pick Chattanooga, you have to pick the team that's going to have a very similar record who beat Chattanooga. So I'm going Mercer gets that last bid just because of what Matthew picked. If Matthew did not pick Chattanooga, it'd be maybe between Kennesaw maybe between William and Mary, but since Matthew Frazee, the unbiased bison, picked Chattanooga, I think it's safe to say Alabama loss does not hurt them. Losses to VMI, it is what it is. VMI is at least good. ETSU, it doesn't matter. They're the SoCon champs. The win over Chattanooga, I think that helps push them above. Um, so that's where I'm going. I'm going Mercer. Mercer for the final. You think, I guess, well, in the they, they played the Division Two, correct? We're looking at there. We're looking at it on the screen right now. They played a Division Two. So did so Kennesaw, and three, so did Florida A&M. Over William, over William and Mary, who beat Villanova. William and I, Mary beat Villanova. That's a seated, that could, likely a seated team, right? I would have had William and Mary over Chattanooga. That's the difference. But since you put Chattanooga in there, I have to counteract with the, the exact same FCS resume, but one team has a win over the other. So if you're if the committee's putting Chattanooga in there, they probably have to put Mercer in there. Oh man, 
I, I don't, I don't hate it. Honestly. Um, I just, your, your point on, I would love to throw Kennesaw in there, but I keep going back to your point about that McNeese year where uh, they didn't even make the field and they were nine and two or whatever. Uh, Jamie, what do you think about that last pick? Or did you have one where you adamantly would have preferred? I could have made an argument for most of them and made a counter to keep most of them out. Mercer's as good as any of the others. Uh, it's going to be tough for Kennesaw and William and Mary. Those would be the next two. I think those are going to be your first two out. No, talk uh, me out of this. Talk me out of this. VMI stomped those other two teams, but they also lost to the Citadel. Um, not just us Citadel, the Citadel they lost to. So that kind of that's an anchor on their schedule. I mean, Kennesaw, it stinks, but I, I can't them in. William & Mary has the win over Villanova, but they also lost to Delaware. So here, here you go. So Stephen F. Austin, for you guys who are listening and watching, we're, you're, people getting upset and looking at Kyler. So this is the research that I did. Here it is. This is the stuff that I've broken down for quality wins and other things. So Stephen F. Austin, you know, losing to Texas Tech, lost to Sam Houston, Jacksonville State. They have a D2 win, so they're 7-3. and three. Their quality win is over Eastern Kentucky, who we don't feel is a playoff team, and they finished 78. And then you have Eastern Kentucky, you know, Massey, they're, they're straight to schedule 34th, but they have no quality or top 25 wins. So Kyler's saying Mercer beat a team that was our, or Mercer beat a team that's in the field, which is huge. Mercer beat a team that's in the playoffs, but so did William and Mary. My only difference is Will Mercer's going to have one more win. And Kennesaw right here. Or at least one less loss. Let me point it that way. They're going to have one less loss because that D2 win does not count. Mm. They're going to have one less loss. And I think the CA and the SOCON are closer together this year than they've ever been. Um, again, I actually would have had William and Mary in over Chattanooga. But since you had Chattanooga in, I think that's why I picked Mercer. Um, but it is, it's close. And guess what? There's, there's literally, and like I said, this is the first time this has ever happened, at least in my eyes. There's about five teams that deserve to be in that last spot. Oh, it's so crazy to to look at the breakdowns and see who could have made it and who didn't. Jamie, you feel content with what we put together here, or or you feel like uh, there were some screw jobs? Um, I, I know. I mean, just like always, people are going to be upset, but at the end of the day, you've got to put twenty four teams in, not twenty five, not twenty six. Now, do we want to go back and redebate anybody now that we've got twenty four? Does anybody feel com uh, completely strong that somebody needs to come out in favor of somebody else? We yeah. can do that before we go to the seeds. Go for it. I think if Matthew Frazee is willing to get rid of his Chattanooga pick and put William Marion, I will take a shot right now, right off the bat. And you, so if, if I, <laughs> do you, you think that Nuga should be gone and William and Mary should be in? I do think with their current resumes, because what do you value more? Do you value Chattanooga beating ETSU more than Villanova or William & Mary beating Villanova and crushing them? Or, I mean, what, what's kind of your thought process on that? I get that William & Mary beat Villanova. I'm willing. Their strength of schedule right now, 26 is stronger. Maine, bad loss. Delaware, bad loss. FBS, throw it out. James Madison, you were always going to lose to him. Chattanooga, when you look up into their fancy They were the favorites resume, to win the SoCon this year. Lost to VMI, 
lost to Mercer. The Austin P is the bad one. FBS lost to Kentucky. Strength of schedule 35th. Quality win over ETSU. Who do you want in over those two? I think that's where the real battle is. And throw kind I'm gonna, of I'm, there no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with Chattanooga. The strength of schedule is comparable. It's 10 spots. Um, William and Mary's will probably drop a little bit after next week. And that win over ETSU should be valued. That that ETSU team is undefeated without that. Um, I get Villanova Villanova. Yeah, Villanova. They would be undefeated without that loss, too. I think ETSU should be seated too. So I think ETSU should be seated. I think the seating range is, is close. Um, I think that losing to Mercer and VMI, who yeah, I I'm I'm sticking with Chattanooga. I'm gonna stick with to my guns there. I, I know people might push back on it, but I, I think the SOCON is better than people realize this year. So I'm gonna I'm sticking with Chattanooga. Keep them in. So my only question is because you looked at the validating wins. So you have, and maybe I'm I'm wrong to assume this, right? But maybe you have ETSU higher than Villanova. Am I wrong to assume that? But then my counteraction is, do you have Austin P lower than Maine or Delaware? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll self-admit even on the podcast, everybody, I didn't dig that deep. <laughs> I would right now, I'd have to Google it in terms of. <laughs> I, I think it's Austin super P. close here. I'll just take I'll take a drink just because I think they're super close. And I just cool. want to drink some Crown Royal Apple. Yeah. Hey, hey nothing wrong with that. That's what this podcast is for. Sponsors. Thank you for choosing Crown Royal Apple, your official sponsor of the SCS podcast, Pick'em Bracket Challenge, whatever the hell we call this. Um, I just, it smells delicious. Absolutely. I can smell it through the screen. So I think we are kind of set on the field, guys. Um, and we are going to just do one quick recap before we get into the seeding. I think that's where everybody's really excited. Here's our auto bids, our at-larges. So we have Sam Houston, Montana State, Monmouth, Nova, NDSU, Sacred Heart, UT Martin, Holy Cross, Davidson, ETSU, and Incarnate Word as auto bids. And at at-larges, guys, we brought in James Madison, Sac State, Eastern Washington, C-Law, Missouri State, SIU, Montana, South Dakota, Chattanooga, South Dakota State, Rhode Island, UC Davis, and Mercer. Left out, guys, on our finale here, we feel like Stephen F. Austin and Eastern Kentucky were on the bubble. They are left out of the AQ7. Kennesaw is left out of the Big South by losing to Monmouth for that championship game this Saturday. William and Mary was the big debate. I'm going to leave them out. VMI is left out of the Southern and Florida A&M left out of the SWAT. So there you go. We have our 24 team set. But now the thing everybody I think is really excited for is moving into some playoff seating. So let's get into that right away, guys. And I'm about to share here live on our YouTube screen. It is time for the playoff seeds. So this is the big one everybody's nervous about. And just like we did with the at-larges, we will go in order. I'm going to give three selections to Jamie and Kyler each. I will take two. And uh, we are going to start with actually myself because I get the easy one. So I won't get yelled at, which is good. And we will start with um, the number one overall playoff seed. I think this is very simple. I think that this is Sam Houston State. Because when I look at Sam Houston, uh, it's it's pretty simple for me. Their strength of schedule is not great. Um, they are undefeated versus the FCS. They are 10-0. The thing with Sam Houston is I am not a benefit of the doubt guy at all. What you did last year should not matter because it's a new year. You have to look at returning rosters, coaching turnover, quarterbacks, impacts, all those things. But if there's ever a year to give benefit of the doubt, it's Sam Houston this year because of the spring and COVID turnover. 
So Sam Houston, in my opinion, tons of benefit of the doubt. And I don't have any questions about them. NDSU's offense, eh, JMU's consistency. I don't know. Eastern's defense. I'm not sure about it. Um, you could ask questions about these teams. I don't have questions about Sam Houston. I think they're a really good squad. I've had them number one in my poll all year. I'm not going to de deter from that. I think Sam Houston is the one seed. Uh, Jamie, agreement, disagree. What do you think? I agree. We got the we had the right guy's uh, name up there. Ryan, you're the number one seed, buddy. Number one for Sam Houston. Kyler, are you good with that? The only thing that makes this even a conversation, Montana State goes 10-0 and versus the FCS. Sam Houston goes 10-0 and versus the FCS. Montana State has two wins over top 10 teams, potentially seeded category teams. There is a true argument, and if you're looking at, because you just said, question marks from the spring. They returned everyone from a national championship year. This is the first year Montana State's played since they were in the semifinals. Is that about the exact same thing? And the only thing is they upgraded was their quarterback, who was horrible. They were playing a linebacker and a very bad quarterback before. Now they actually have a quarterback who can make plays. I think they have a stronger defense across the board than Sam Houston. That is the only team who I think if they win out has a true argument to topple Sam Houston for the number one seed, but I don't think number two and number one is anything different. So who cares? Um, I, I think if you guys agree with Sam Houston as a one, then I will play to your guys' cards and go, yeah, it makes sense. Sam Houston, number one. Yeah, I just think there's no questions because of 22 returning starters, very few injuries. The talent is there. The coaching is there. Um, Sam Houston. So uh, they they definitely get benefit of the doubt, and they deserve it, okay? This isn't some sort of, oh, whatever. They deserve it. So congrats to the Bearcats, the number one seed in our playoff bracket. Um, going now to Mr. Williams. Uh, this will be your opportunity to select the two seed, and who do you have and why, Jamie? Uh, obviously, I'm going to pick James Madison because I'm a homer, and I only pick homer picks. No, just kidding. Perfect. We're going to go viewership is dropped. That's right. <laughs> Kyler just basically made the argument for me. I mean, we're going to have Montana State unbeaten against the FCS. Their loss to Wyoming was close. They're a play away from that. They've got wins over Eastern Washington. They'll have a win over Montana. I don't see how it's anybody but them. Montana State is the two seed. Yeah, so a lot of people will question here. Um, I think mostly they will think James Madison or NDSU of that two or Montana State. Let me just give you guys a quick recap of Montana State. Jamie hit on a few points. Official research here, Montana State only losing to Wyoming. They won over Eastern and Montana. That's two quality wins, 50th strength of schedule, which will increase next week when they play Montana. And you will add, that is another quality win. I just don't think there's any question there. Um, you could think about Eastern Washington, who had only an FBS loss in 2016 and was the number two seed, right? So you look at Eastern Washington in 2018 as well. There's big sky teams. If you're a big sky champion with 10 FCS wins and you have two quality wins, the odds of you not getting the two or three seed are going to be extremely low unless somebody else is just outright better than you. If you're wondering about NDSU and James Madison, remember those teams have FCS losses. Montana State, only an FBS loss. Kyler, is Jamie right? Because I think he is. Yeah, I just want to correct your one thing for 2016. Eastern had an FBS win. We lost to it. We lost to an oh, FBS. Oh, that's right. Yep, yeah. you're right. Yeah, knucklehead. No, I mean literally. Worthless over here. Literally, I just made the argument for why Montana State should potentially be above Sam Houston when they both have ten Division One wins, and really Montana State was owning Wyoming. That's the crazy thing. It came down to a last last drive for Wyoming to win. 
Montana State, they're going to have two top 10 wins on the season. I don't know many other programs that have that, especially that have that and they're undefeated. Worst case scenario, Montana State's a two seed. Awesome. So Montana State, congratulations. They are the two seed. There's just a reminder of our playoff teams, guys, if you're taking a look at the screen right now on YouTube. And that leads me to you, Kyler, actually, for the three seed. So um, they feel like this is important because this will be the big difference. I think a lot of folks here are going to think this has to be James Madison or North Dakota State, unless you've got a big curveball. But if you select one of those two, this would be the difference of going to Sam Houston or Montana State in the semis if those teams don't get upset. Who could be our first semi-road traveler? Kyler, what do you got? I think this is probably the easiest pick of the whole seeding. We're going to go with Sacred Heart out of the Perfect. NEC as the champion. So write it down. Sacred Heart definitely deserves. I like how you did all capital like you knew I was being sarcastic. What a jerk. Um, let's give props to Sacred Heart. So, no, I, I do think when you're looking at the next step, you just mentioned it. It's between North Dakota State and James Madison. Right now, they each have one loss. Um, they're going to finish with the same amount of wins. NDSU's wins right now are just a little bit better. Their strength of schedule is going to be a lot better. Um, wins over South Dakota State, Missouri State, South Dakota. I mean, they are going to have wins over three playoff teams that we already put in our field, right? Oh, we, we, didn't, James, be, we didn't beat South Dakota State. They're, people will kill you on that. Oh, yeah, my bad. Well, that's the one loss. It is what yep. it is. That's a rivalry game, and it was in Brookings, and South Dakota State actually dominated you punks. But no, um, you're going to actually have wins over two playoff teams where James Madison probably has a win over one since you failed to put William and Marion, but it is what it is. So uh, North Dakota State, they do get that three seed. Uh, the, you know, it, the road to the SES championship does not go through Fargo, but it goes through Fargo enough. All righty. And Jamie. So just, um, a, just a couple of little little points back that I'm going to make just because we're not just going to make this easy. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, because I want to, because I've got my JMU hat on. Uh, we are going to have a better loss uh, by one point. And next week we play Towson. That winds up as a common opponent. If we smoke Towson, that gives the committee something to think about. So I'm just going to say that because because I'm going to defend my boys here. Um, I think I think that's totally fair. I think I don't think this is the easiest pick out of the entire bracket, um, just because. I really do think if James Massing is the three and NDSU the four, that wouldn't shock me. I you can see justifications on both sides, but Kyler's got some really good points there about well, what will they value quality wins or a co one common opponent at the end in the very beginning. I think they're going to take that slight edge with NDSU being South Dakota right at the end with a tougher strength of schedule. Uh, but it would not shock me to see the Dukes be above them. But I think more of the simple rating system outliers fall towards NDSU. Well, and oh. here's where I'll counter Jamie. North Dakota State played Towson at Towson. James Madison gets them at home. Also, the difference is North Dakota State was up 35-0 to and Towson scored a seven-point garbage time. Do you think James Madison is going to look more dominant than that? Because that's basically a 35-0 to win where Towson literally Probably. had – Probably. Well, we will see there. Uh, but North Dakota State outgained them by 300 yards, and North Dakota State's offense is trash. So, I mean, um, that's kind of what I'm looking at. But, I mean, I don't think we can just value that one game because also CA teams are going to play CA teams differently than a CA team is going to play North Dakota State, um, especially when one's at home and one's on the road. I don't think it's as clear cut as you make it out to be. I'll go with right now that Towson win. 
doesn't do anything for either program. It's a bad win on both people's resumes. Yep, it's uh, it's going to be really close. So NDSU James Madison fans, if they want to, I think this is better for James Madison a little bit, honestly, whether you're the three or four. Um, JMU and fans almost should cheer for Montana State to win. So they travel to Sam Houston or Montana State instead of Fargo. And NDSU fans should cheer for Montana State to lose. So maybe they can get that two seed. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, guys. We're not going to go down that prediction line because we need to move into seed number four, which James is mine. Madison would rather play NDSU, that bum trash offense. Yeah, they want to come come into the dome. Well, that's two bad offenses. So, you know, <laughs> um, bring in uh, for the four seed. I think this is very simple. I'm not going to outthink the room because we literally just debated between them and it's James Madison. James Madison will be 10 and one. They will have one FCS loss. Uh, they will have their quality win over William and Mary. Um, even if they had won the CAA, which Villanova will be the CAA champ, uh, James Madison, I don't think they even can win the CAA technically because the CAA sucks and they have right. weird rules. Uh, but I am going to give James Madison uh, the strength of schedule is good enough. The team looks just good. Uh, I, I can't see the committee steering away from them to Villanova with Villanova with one less win, even though there was a head to head on a one point loss. So I'm not going to outthink the room. I'm also using historical data and just things we've seen in the past. You're not just going to jump somebody because of an upset. Think of 2016 NDSU, SDSU. So uh, James Madison giving the edge there with number four. Uh, do you feel like that's fair for your Dukes, Jamie? Or do you think maybe they should have been a little bit? Yeah, it's fair. That's fair? Okay, cool. Anywhere from two to four is fair for them, and we'll see what happens. Cool. Yeah, if there's no chaos, I think this is the way we're going to see it start to line up. And uh, that leads to you, Jamie. Now is where things get really interesting. Now is where we're like, uh, oh, my goodness. Okay, who's going to be five to eight? And it's up to you, Mr. Williams. I'm going to pull up the teams here. Who is going to be our five seed? Well, I'm going to go ahead and give the five seed to Villanova. Um, they do have the loss to William and Mary and that they lost to Penn State, but that doesn't count. Um, they did beat James Madison, so you're probably saying, oh, how does that happen uh, that they're behind them? Well, the full season counts. And the, the win over James Madison, like we said, was one point, and Ethan Racky missed two field goals. That is, those are the only two field goals Ethan's missed all year out of 30. Ethan has kicked 100 field goals in his career, an NCAA record. Not FCS, NCAA. Ethan has 517 points, NCAA record, not FCS. I just had to put that in there and shout out my guy. <laughs> but uh, Villanova would be the five seed with that close game uh, against James Madison. Uh, the loss to William & Mary hurts because uh, they really got stomped in that game. But uh, I think that's enough to get them to five. Okay. Do you think that that is worthy over um, ETSU because of strength of schedule? Like ETSU with an FBS win, ETSU with a extra win with the FCS teams, 10 wins? Or are we just going to, or is the SOCON just kind of poof, you're out in terms of that opportunity for the five seat? Because I don't know. That's that's not bad. Strength of schedule seventy fourth for ETSU right now. Villanova looking at it. Uh, there sits at quick research here. There sits at forty first. So definitely a jump in strength of schedule. Is that enough, Jamie, with that win over James Madison over ETSU? Yeah, I mean, I think that win's better than any win that uh, ETSU has. Okay, Kyler, you agree with that Villanova there? I think it could be a little questionable. I, I'm comfortable with it, but what do you think? Yeah, so I actually had Villanova in, in my same five. Like, this is my my exact same top five. 
The, the big difference with this is what other one-loss team has wins over anyone in the top four of the seeds? Only Villanova. So, yeah, I think it's safe to assume Villanova deserves a five as long as they take care of business this weekend, which that's what we have. So, yeah, Villanova, nine and two. The, oh, you know, an FBS loss against Penn State. Ooh, who cares? And then the, you beat James Madison, and then you lost to a team that I think should probably be at least in the conversation to be in the playoffs. Yeah, Villanova, they should be the five seed at nine and two. That, interestingly enough, will send Villanova to James Madison in the quarterfinals, the four and five in the same pocket. So that's very interesting. You could have a revenge game or a possible doubling down as Villanova had won that game earlier in the regular season. So uh, right now, if you looked all the way into the quarters and semis, um, NDSU traveling to Sam uh, to Montana State in the semis, James Madison going to Sam Houston, if there's no upsets, right? So it's kind of starting to form here together, which is interesting. Uh, stick around with us, guys. Jamie's going to build this into a bracket before we're all done, and you're going to actually be able to see it on the screen. It's going to be really cool. Okay, so gets even more difficult here. Probably a little bit more debate coming down the line. Kyler, number six, who do you got? Number six, you can call me biased. Um, right now, no, I... you call it. Say it. Say it, you punk knucklehead. I can change your name tag, so I, I'll just do it uh, as you're talking. Biased. Biased. <laughs> the biased bias you admin. Here's the deal. Out of everyone in the top 10, Eastern Washington is going to have more top 10 wins than everyone outside of Montana State, right? So if they finish 9-2 and two with an FBS win and they went 2-1 and one versus the top 10, they're going to get a seed. And I think it's going to be a, a stronger strength of resume than most other teams. So Eastern Washington gets the sixth seed at 9-2, and two, even though they do have that Division two win because Jacksonville State was a bunch of bums and pulled out last minute, you punks. Um, go to the FBS, you knuckleheads. That's my that's my theme of the thing. But yeah, um, two and one versus the top ten. Name another program that has that outside of Montana State. You can't. So that's where I'm gonna say Eastern Washington will get the number six seed. Ah, uh, I just okay. Yep. I I mean quality, strength of schedule, and all that. I'm gonna pound the table here for our outside of the big three stuff in the six to eight range, especially ETSU. I think you could justify them at any of these spots. That simple rating system, I get that Vanderbilt is more trash than Kyler's ever said the word trash in his life, but that is an FBS win. They would be 10 and one, and now they're starting to fall behind these two lost teams. They would be, they'd be oh. nine and one, though. That's the difference, because they also one. have a win over what? Virginia Wise or something like yep. that. Okay, yep. So they're nine and one. So they would have one more Division One win than Eastern Washington, but also they wouldn't have any wins over anyone in the top 10. That's where I favor Eastern Washington. Their strength of schedule will be light years ahead of ETSU. Um, that, that's the reason why I picked Eastern Washington as a six instead of some of those, because we've seen the committee favorite people who have actual really strong strengths of schedules and who have big wins. Eastern Washington still has big wins. Okay, Eastern Washington, place them there at the six. Okay, now it gets intense with number seven. And Jamie and Kyler, I didn't even give myself picks here, so all I got to do is defend my stuff. Jamie, here is number seven. Who is the seventh seed? Go. What do you got? I believe if we had uh, the people watching, uh, we could see them. I think they would, we would get a big rousing cheer, and I'm going to get one from you. I'm going to go with the team that boasts the best uh, two-headed running back tandem in the fcs clearly yes. south dakota state just kidding it is east tennessee state at the number seven seed but um that quay holmes jacob sailors i can't say their names enough 
that defense, I can't defend it enough. That is your seven seed. That team could give a lot of teams problems. I'm going to go East Tennessee State at seven. Awesome. At 10 and one. Um, I just, and you look in the past in terms of the committee, they're going to love undefeated versus the FCS. They're going to love not. an FBS win. Oh, not undefeated versus the FCS, but <laughs> add, add that add that FBS win in there. And then one small little loss to the FCS. I think East Tennessee State right there. I think you can justify them anywhere in that five to eight range. I think you guys made enough valid points for them not to be five or six, but I'm glad that they got a seed in here. Um, hell of a program and a hell of a year so far for them. Kyler, do you feel more content about them at seven than my arguments I made for them in that five to six? Um, I like them at seven or eight, definitely more than five to six, because right now they're still lacking any top 10 caliber wins. So are you really a top 10 caliber team if you do not hit the top 10 or have played anyone in the top 10? That's kind of my thing. So at 10 and one or nine and one versus the FC or, you know, versus division one, that Vanderbilt wins huge 20 points wins against Vanderbilt. You're going to get some credibility nine and one versus division one opponents. You're probably going to get seated. Um, they just don't have the strength of schedule, but I like them anywhere between seven and eight. So I have no flack for Jamie Williams putting them at seven. I think they deserve a seed with what they've been able to do. Um, just, yeah, that's, that's where my head's at. All right. And Hey, you, you got us there, Jamie. Good pick. East Tennessee stayed in at seven and the finale for being able to sit home on Thanksgiving, eat a good meal, relax, sit on the couch, enjoy some football, maybe do some black Friday shopping. You got that opportunity if you got to buy. And now there's only one team left that's going to get one. And that final pick goes to Mr. Kyler Neal. So, Kyler, crush people's hearts and uh, make some people very happy. Who is our eighth and final seed? And allow us an opportunity to push back on you, of course. So here's the deal. We have to look at a team who we are projecting to go 9-2 and two overall who went 8-0 in the big sky, who has another two top 10 wins, a loss to an FBS team in a close game, and then a loss in week two when they were still trying to figure out their QB system. Right now, I think Sac State at 9-1 versus the FCS, or versus Division One, basically, they're going to have just as good of an argument, if not better, than East Tennessee State because they've actually beaten two top teams two top 10 teams in Montana and UC Davis when it's all said and done when we're predicting these things. So that's where I would have had East Tennessee State a little bit lower. But if Sacramento State takes care of business, 8-0 in the Big Sky, Big Sky Conference champs, plus they haven't lost since September or to an FCS team. They've only lost to one, and it was September 11th. That carries some weight. Um, so I think Sacramento State, if you're looking at anything – Yes, they avoided Eastern Washington. Yes, they avoided Montana State. They still beat Montana. They still beat UC Davis in this hypothetical situation. I think it's safe to assume that the big sky is going to get three seeds if all of this happens. Uh, your justification was really good. I was hoping to just completely annihilate you at some somehow. But the here's a huge factor of Sacramento State because people, this will be the one people get worked up over. And I I was kind of advocating for UT Martin to maybe be that a seed, you know, with 10 FCS wins, they're 10 and one with an FBS loss strength of schedule for Sacramento is going to be 32nd. And looking down here in our quick notes, um, if you're looking at my beautiful UT Martin team, 
They sit with a strength of schedule 59th, so a little bit better, obviously, for Sacramento State. But you're right. If they win over UC Davis and Montana, and UC Davis and Montana both end up in the field, that's two playoff wins in the regular season, and there are not a lot of teams left with quality wins across the board, even to get to two. FBS loss won't hurt them in Cal. The loss to UNI does hurt, so you're just like, ugh. But is a loss to UNI who's going to be 6-5, and five, so it'll be above 500. They're that last Valley team not able to make it. Is that really your killer when you've just shown improvement, improvement, improvement? Um, I, I like it, Kyler. You're not going to get a lot of pushback for me there. I think Sac State is a good pick. I think the committee will, will value them really well. Um, I'm glad to see that there was no consideration. I think I keep seeing Missouri State a lot in the comments. People are really wanting Missouri State. Let's do a little comparison, guys, here. Now, the Massey rating strength of schedule for Missouri State is second right now. So huge strength of schedule for Missouri State. Very tough. Much better than Sac State's. Um, they lost to NDSU and Youngstown. Um, so NDSU, of course, we expect them to lose to them. Uh, they lost FBS to Oklahoma State. Youngstown's a terrible loss. That is an awful loss. Youngstown is so bad. It was like watching high schoolers yesterday when they played North Dakota State. That is a horrendous loss. Um, you and I, they had to beat them last second. Um, their quality win is over South Dakota. So there's one team that Missouri state beat that's in the playoff field. Sac state has two Sac state has one extra win. Uh, Southern Illinois has a way worse loss with Youngstown. The only advantage that Missouri state has is that their strength of schedule was tougher, but is it so much? Yeah. I, I, it, I like the pick it, there. Is it so much tougher than saying, Sacramento State is two and zero versus top ten teams. Yeah, so I I think and that's their just only last their only FCS loss was over two months ago. So it's a little bit different. Yep, Travis Wintercross makes a good point here. Yeah, one Valley team when the big fluffy stops teams don't play each other. I don't think big fluffy still is a tagline for that conference anymore. They brought in some good defensive teams, but yeah, there is the rotational stuff, and maybe that gets exposed. We don't know, but. Remember, this is how the committee is going to look at it from the simple rating systems and what's on paper. This isn't just about, uh, per, they're not gamblers. The committee are not gamblers. They are not gambling or trying to project who's going to win. They're going to look at current evidence and everything outside of strength of schedule massively favors Sacramento State. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is not me saying I think Sacramento State is the eighth best team. Right. I'm saying based off of what the committee has done historically, it is going to be pretty hard to leave Sacramento State out there if you're putting East Tennessee State in there, if you're putting Eastern Washington in there, if you're putting Villanova in there, if you're putting James Madison in there, right? Um, it's going to be pretty hard to leave them out of there, which, of course, I think Villanova, James Madison, Eastern Washington all deserve to be around Sac State. I, I kind of thought Missouri State deserves a bid. I think the, the eighth seed in mine is going to be between an East Tennessee State, a Missouri State, a UT Martin, and then what I had as Kennesaw prior to this whole thing going down, where we're saying Kennesaw's losing to Monmouth. So I think that eighth seed has about four teams that are pushing to try and get that. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to be the difference maker. Cool, cool. Uh, Mr. Williams, we're going to let you go to work, guys. If you're paying attention here, stick around for our last kind of 15 minutes here. Uh, Jamie is on Bracket HQ right now. I'm going to remove him from the screen. Jamie, hit us in the private chat when you're ready. And uh, what's going to happen is Jamie is going to compile the bracket together right now. And while that's happening, we're going to respond to your guys' comments. So feel free to throw all the shade at us right now and get really upset and tell us how dumb we are. We love that sort of reaction. We're not afraid of a little bit of heat. And we're just going to kind of go through it while Jamie builds the bracket. So 
which is good. So playoff seeds, Sam Houston, number one, Montana State, your two, NDSU, three, James Madison, four, Villanova at the five, those Eagles of Eastern Washington at the six, East Tennessee State, your seven, and the final eight seed going to Sacramento State. Uh, Kyler, teams, if, if let's say Sacramento State doesn't exist, poof, they're just gone. It's magic, and it's a 23-team playoff. Congratulations. Um, do you? Th- what do you think? Do you think it's Missouri State? Would you I, think that would be UT Martin? Like, you can't pick Sac State. Who would you want to put in there? Yeah, I think Missouri State would deserve it. UT Martin, look at the rest of their conference. One of the next best teams is 3-7 and seven or whatever. Like, UT Martin, just they do not deserve a bid with their current conference they're in. Um, the OVC looks horrible compared to the last few years. They have regressed night and day. So if Sacramento State didn't exist, I think you do have to give it to Missouri State. Now, I just want to comment with Brandon's Owen seems because they said, oh, but they beat the team that Sac State lost to. Cool. You know what? You and I or Missouri State also lost to what would you say? Youngstown State. You know how Youngstown. many crap teams beat Youngstown State? Everyone besides Missouri State. So I don't think that's as good as an argument as you think it is, Brandon, um, especially when it happens two and a half months ago. And it's a completely different team now running a different quarterback. But that's my one argument. If you are only leaning on the team that beat you and I, well, guess what? Youngstown State beat Missouri State. And Youngstown State is not beating Sacramento State by any means. They're not beating any team by any means in the playoff field. So that's kind of the big difference. But, yeah, if Sacramento State wasn't around, I do think uh, Missouri State would be that team. And do you, um, yeah, UT Martin though, think about the past. You like, would it shock you at all for them to be a seed? I, I was tweeting about this earlier. Do you think it would be crazy for UT Martin to be a seed? Cause if Jacksonville state was 10 and one in the OVC, how many times have they given them a nod? Like, do you think the OVC has regressed so bad that the committee recognizes that? Or could you see them doing something crazy and putting them in there? Like, or do you think there's enough power three teams that have done well enough? To justify things but what do you think about that man like is there a way ut martin possibly gets in or do you think the committee no way my my one counteraction to the jacksonville state being in the ohio ohio valley and getting the seed when they're undefeated for the cscs normally the ohio valley at least had two teams that you're willing to say two to three teams that you're like these are playoff eligible teams outside of ut martin semo is next best in their conference at three and seven um austin p is five and five but they're also only three and two in the conference there is zero teams out of outside of ut martin that even deserve to be looked at for the ohio valley now ut martin they have a win over samford who everyone from the socon is getting that is such an amazing win because samford just lost by 20 to florida who cares nau beat an fbs team nau is not looking at a playoff field so yes i'm talking crap to all you socon fans but ut martin's best win is jacksonville state that is their best win. You also know who has a best win over Jacksonville State and beat them by more? Kennesaw State. So if you're mm. if we have Kennesaw State out of the playoffs completely in this hypothetical, why the heck would UT Martin deserve a bid when they have a closer win against their best win being Jacksonville State when Kennesaw blew the crap out of Jacksonville State and they're not even in the field? That that's my big my big takeaway. Very interesting. Uh, looking at our comments here, Kyler, got some people coming in after Montana takes down MSU Grizz are five or six seed. So let's do that. Like we hypothetically picked Montana state to win, but what if the Grizz win? How, what does that shake up for you here? Um, and guys, if you're wondering what's going on with our discussion, 
Jamie, once again, is in the background right now compiling the geography and building the bracket. We're going to reveal that here to you uh, sooner than later. And Jamie, no pressure. Take your time, my man. It, Tyler, what do you think if Montana actually wins that game? If this hypothetical exists, and Mon you're saying Montana is a five or six seed, then that means you think Eastern Washington and Sac State are a four and three seed. It's not going to happen. Montana State will be seated behind an Eastern Washington, behind a Sac State, because the resumes are similar and they lost to those teams. So at best, if Montana State beats Montana, or if Montana beats Montana State, they're probably looking at an eight seed max. If they lose, they're completely out of the seeds. I don't think they jump in Eastern Washington. I don't think they jump above a Sac State. And I don't think anyone realistically is putting Eastern Washington or Sac State as a top five seed. And interesting. It's the big sky. Like there has been that rotational scheduling, which gives them a little bit of favoritism, but the committee is going to look at it. They look at it. So um, Tommy Toll here, I wish SFA got in as a last seed or to travel to Sam Houston, playing them at home instead of Reliant would have been awesome. So Tommy, um, obviously we did a lot of research here. We had these teams broken down. When you look at Stephen F. Austin, they had an FBS loss to Texas Tech, Texas Tech. They lost to Sam Houston and they lost to Jacksonville State. They also had a Division II win over Lincoln University. So if they win next week, they'll be seven and three in the committee's eyes instead of eight and three. They'll have seven Division I wins, and their quality win is over Eastern Kentucky, who we don't think is going to slip into the playoffs. Um, their biggest ding, I would say, is their Massey, Massey rating, which is the strength of schedule, is currently 78th. It's one of the strength of schedule things. It's pretty accurate. So um, 78th is a very low strength of schedule. You're going to have three losses with only seven wins. So that's going to be really tough to overcome. I think if you had beat Jacksonville State, I think SFA gets in. But do you uh, did you remotely consider Stephen F. Austin this year, Kyler, or were they kind of off the radar when you saw the thirty team list? I think. <laughs> oh, Tommy, you're covered. Come on now, the South. It, you guys are the AQ seven was not that bad. You're not the OVC or some of the others. They this year. they they definitely weren't as good as we all anticipated, right? We had high hopes for the AQ seven with the teams that they brought in. Didn't live up to the hype. Um, especially when you have teams like UCA losing to Missouri Valley. You have a couple of these other teams losing to non-playoff caliber teams or playoff caliber teams from other conferences. So the AQ7 wasn't as strong as we all hoped. But I have SFA as in my last four in or last four out. I think the committee is going to talk about SFA. Will they bring them in? I have no clue. But SFA is going to be mentioned in the committee whenever they're picking their teams. I just I'm leaning towards they're going to be one of the last four out because of that D2 win. When you're having seven wins against the FCS, no big wins outside of Eastern um, Kentucky, which right now Matt just kind of already said it. We're alluding that they don't make the playoffs. Which team are you jumping that has seven plus wins out of the FCS? I don't see many that you're going to be able to say our resume is better than theirs. Um, that's where I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. But SFA, I mean, they're going to be mentioned. They're going to be talked about. Um, but that's about it. Um, hey, let's let's talk about Dustin Helton's point. You know, SFA, their three losses were by a total of 11 points. I understand it. They're, they're ahead of schedule. Their losses are not bad losses. But also, you played Sam Houston when they were down a quarterback, and they were kind of resting people. But again, you lost to Jacksonville State. You have a D2 win. Your only win is – your only good win right now is against Central Arkansas, who's not a playoff team. Right, they're they're really hovering around 500, and then EKU, who is a potential playoff team, but we just don't think that they're going to be. I think SFA, they have a lot of promise for the future. I just don't see again with their resume with seven and three versus Division One, how they jump above 
maybe some of the other teams with seven plus wins. That's my only comment. But again, I like I like SFA and what they've done. You see my beer right here. This is um axe hat. I'm rooting for the lumberjacks. This is different because it's you know Valhalla stuff. But yeah. hey, I'm rooting for anyone with a hatchet. I just think, like I said, you're going to be in the committee's discussion. I'm just not sure if it's going to be on the inside of it. I think it's going to be on the outside. True. Uh, well, I don't know who gave us a thumbs down, but yeah, we finally got a thumbs down this pod. We shared Word documents and we updated things throughout. Oh, we had one technology blurp, so darn, that's okay. We'll be all right. So uh, Jamie continuing to adjust and fix the bracket in the back there. Hey, just think about how much those committee members got to shift things around on a board, realize they play something wrong. Look at the geography. Um, Kyler, what is that again? Some of those basic rules that you mentioned for what the committee has to follow. They seed 18s and then what happens then from like avoiding rematches and stuff like that? Yeah, so in the first round, what they really try their best to do, and this is not an end-all be-all, but they try to do their best to limit travel costs because really the NCA is paying for all this, right? Teams that are hosting, they're bidding, they're really truly paying for everything, but the NCA is actually paying for the bidding or for the um, travel costs. So what they try and do to save money so then they don't go broke is they do a 500-mile rule. So that 500-mile rule exists. The only difference is in that first round, what they do is if you've played a team already in that first round, like throughout the regular season, who they potentially may match you up with, they're not going to match you up with them. So like for the big sky purposes, let's say UC Davis and Sacramento State hypothetically are not seated. They are only 10 miles apart, right? You would think they would match up with each other. But since they played in the regular season, what they would do is send, let's say, UC Davis to Montana because that's going to be the closest team to Montana um, who maybe now that's outside of the 500-mile rule, so maybe they'll actually plug a Valley team in there. But the difference is they're going to do their best to make it as short distance travel as possible. They'll rank the eight seeds. The first um, round, it's all going to be who bids on what. But yeah, the difference is they're going to try their best to do it as regional as possible, as long as you have not played a certain team in the regular season throughout that first round. Good stuff. Um, quick comment before we go on. This guy says, I lost credibility because of the Cowboys helmet in the back. Hey, they have seven wins. So they would have been discussed for an FCS playoff team. So that's good. Uh, all right. All jokes aside, Jamie, I think we're all looking good, my man. Let's look at the bracket, the teams we put in, the seeding again. Guys, we did not seed the teams that are in round one. The website makes us do that. So ignore seed 17 and 24. It means absolutely nothing. Uh, focus on what Kyler just said about the 500-mile rule and geography and other factors. So, Jamie, um, right here we have Sam Houston as the one seed. We have Sacramento State as the eight seed. That's pretty standard. Talk a little bit about Mercer playing C-Law in round one to go to Sam Houston and USD playing UC Davis. That seems like a little bit of a hike, but give me your thought process, my man. Yeah, so, you know, you got a cluster of Northeast teams, a couple of Mid-Atlantic teams, some Tennessee teams. You got, so Mercer in Southeast Louisiana, uh, Mercer's in Georgia. Um, so it made the most sense to send them to Southeast Louisiana or Southeast Louisiana to Mercer, depending on the bids, probably at Strawberry Stadium. Um, and then that region regionally kind of matches with Sam Houston uh, where he gets a little bit different, difficult on the travel. And you'll see it as we go through is unfortunately you got a few teams in the Midwest and a few teams out West. So they're going to have to face each other. And here we've got South Dakota uh, playing UC Davis. My guess is UC Davis just strokes a check. They get home game. And that's the, to me, they kind of anticipate 
that Davis may win that. Sacramento State is the easy uh, portion to finish off that that quadrant there. That reminds me of, uh, I forget the year, it was a few years back, Northern Iowa, they ended up in the quarterfinals at Sacramento State. So they were in a scenario where they had to go way out west. And that's because you, while we, there are a lot of big sky teams this year, there's a lot more in that east and south and that Midwest uh, upper area in comparison to just way out in big sky country, right? So I, I, I don't see any issues there. That looks good to me. Kyler, any glaring er- errors for rules or anything? Looks pretty solid, right? No, I just actually think since they're in this hypothetical, we have five Missouri Valley teams, five big sky teams, they're going to pair the teams that didn't play each other who are not seated. Mm-hmm. So I actually do think UC Davis is going to go to Montana in this hypothetical scenario, but that's about the only knock I'll have. If, if they don't go to Montana, then yes, a Valley team's coming to the West Coast or wow. vice versa. A West Coast team's coming to the Valley. Gotcha. Yep. Something to pay attention to. Not a perfect science, but we hope it's good. So, all right, guys, here you go. Villanova is the five C. James Madison is the four. Looks like Jamie, our awesome bracket builder, has put Rhode Island and Sacred Heart matching up against each other, the winner to go to Villanova, and Holy Cross and Monmouth facing off, the winner to go to James Madison. So this seems a little CAA heavy, but it falls under the rule where there, there can be three, right? There can be three from the same conference in the same corner. There can't be four. Right. So you're in the safety zone here, Jamie. Uh, talk about it. What do you got, man? This is kind of your northeast quadrant here. Um, all of those teams, you put a circle on them. Those teams there, the six, are probably the pro- close proximity. And that actually, Holy Cross Monmouth to James Madison, those three teams are actually an exact duplicate of the 2019 playoff. Um, and then, you know, Rhode Island, Sacred Heart, uh, traveling to Villanova. Um, I know people are going to say, oh, look, you know, CA gets a – easy road what then they got to face each other so um and hey upsets can happen but if you look at what the committee will have to do regionally this is what it's going to look like yeah i i so far so good man i'm i'm the furthest thing from the expert on here there's really great guys out there like jason grooms um and others who i've got this down to a complete science but to me this this is looking really solid kyler look good or any tweaking yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Kevin Marshall was going to give some CA flack because they have definitely an easy road to the semis. One of the CA teams from this little bracket will go to the semis. They do have an easy road, but guess what? It is because of this regional thing. If you, if you don't want to do regional, the NCA, then see it all 124. But as of right now, this looks super realistic for that side of the bracket, and it is an easy road for the semifinals for one of the CA teams. It is what it is. It happens. Awesome. Looking good. All right, guys. So let's keep it rolling here. Those dang bison, they're always in the playoffs, it seems. NDSU, the three seed. Oh, was it a fumble? Was it not? Eastern Washington, the sixth seed. Of course, they still care about that. Uh, And behind them, guys, we've got a few matchups here. This looks like an extremely difficult side of the bracket. Good luck to Davidson. Um, Southern Illinois and Davidson facing off to go play DSU and Montana and SDSU to go to Eastern Washington. Jamie, give us your thoughts here, man. Uh, I know this is a quadrant of death and <laughs> I didn't see anything else I could really do. I mean, I guess theoretically I could send Davidson and Mercer together, Southern Illinois and Southeastern Louisiana. I, it's just, that's how it came out. Montana, South Dakota state, Eastern Washington. Uh, gosh, my Eagles friends are going to shoot me if this happens, but I don't see, I didn't see any way around 
this quadrant here. I mean, when you look at what we've already seen, how do you go anywhere else? But unfortunately, what I put together. Yeah, when uh, we zoom out here and you guys see the whole thing, maybe you'll wrap it around. But yeah, if you are, uh, anybody here would say the committee, oh, here's the committee trying to give the Bison the toughest route or they're trying to make it tough on Eastern or something. But it always seems like there's one corner that's brutal. And again, this is because of geography, right? This is because of the rules they're bound by. If you could seed the whole thing, like Kyler said, this, this stuff is different. But that again, this looks pretty good. Kyler, any knocks on it, my man? No, we're going to get this this side of a bracket, especially when you have the, the playoffs is so filled with big sky in Missouri Valley, right? Five teams each. This is going to be an aspect of regional aspect where you are going to battle each other. It is what it is. The only difference, like I said, is I think what you'll have more realistic is probably a UC Davis going to Montana and then maybe a South Dakota going to a Southern Illinois or something like that or vice versa. They're going to have a couple of those Missouri Valley teams and a couple of those big sky teams that did not play each other go against each other in the first round. But if that doesn't happen yet, Mon South Dakota state's probably actually going to Montana. I, I don't know if that's what you had. Um, I, I think that's what you're showing, but yeah, it's, it's going to be big sky, Missouri heavy for the first two rounds. It, it just is. Yeah. That's is uh, so far so good uh, there, Jamie, you, you've definitely got your skills down when it comes to this stuff. And here's your final little corner, and then we'll show the entire thing. East Tennessee State, your seven seed. Looks like they're going to have some competition with Chattanooga and UT Martin coming in. Incarnate Word and Missouri State facing off in round one for the right to go to Montana State. Um, so, Jamie, a little explanation here. This one as well. Doesn't look uh, like you're breaking any rules for geography and or uh conferences what well, do you got that, man the, that top three right there um i think that was the easiest three to put together it's just three tennessee teams they kind of got to kind of got to go together um and incarnate word missouri state um regionally first round that's fairly close i know it's probably not 500 miles because texas is 7,444 miles itself <laughs> um but somebody's got to go to montana state from there so um that's kind of what i'm looking at Awesome. Kyler, yeah. look good or what do you no, think? no issues with this one. This is probably how it's going to um, look. I, I think, like I said, I think a lot of them are going to be pretty accurate. If, if the teams come in, like we say they are, I think the bracket's going to look pretty good to what Jamie said. I just think, like I said, um, probably you're going to get a Missouri Valley versus Missouri Valley matchup that didn't play each other and a big sky versus big sky matchup. Other than that, I think it's a pretty realistic bracket on what could happen if these teams that we're saying is going to make the playoffs make the playoffs. If there's a couple teams that don't make the playoffs, then of course this bracket changes completely. But I think Jamie did a pretty good job following the rules as best as he can. Yeah, if you guys are uh, looking at this on YouTube, it's pretty easy to see. But however, if you're listening to this on a replay with our FCS Fans Nation podcast section, um, somehow I just zoomed in way too much. But uh, taking a look at it, guys, uh, Sam Houston and Sac State, they're seated in their same corner. The seedings don't matter. Mercer and Selah will go to play Sam Houston, South Dakota, UC Davis to Sacramento State. You have Rhode Island and Sacred Heart, the right to go play the five seed Villanova. Holy Cross and Monmouth would travel to James Madison. Uh, SIU and Davidson going to North Dakota State. Montana, South Dakota State going to Eastern. Chattanooga and UT Martin would go to the seven seed ETSU. And Incarnate Word of Missouri State would travel to Montana State, who is the two seed. Okay, final question before we break it down, guys. Um, if this was the bracket, who's in Frisco? 
who is in Frisco. You got to pick two teams. If I looked at this bracket, I would say, give me, give me Sam Houston to get back there up top with Bowers. I don't think there's enough heavy hitters to come in and knock them down at that point. And uh, on the bottom here, boy, am I really going to go chalk? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go chalk. I could see Eastern coming into the dome and actually getting a win. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go Sam Houston and Montana State. I'm going to have that huge cop out if this was the bracket. Jamie, if you had to pick, who do you, who who would you go with? I'll be the homer, damn it. James Madison, North Dakota State. Okay, here we go. Kyler, what do you got, man, if you had to pick? Oh, probably Jackson Jackson State versus Dartmouth. Okay, perfect. Um, that No, on this one, I actually like JMU on their top side of the bracket. And then on the bottom... You know what? I'm going to say I don't think actually North Dakota State matches up well with the Montana State because of their offense. It's trash! So, um, yeah, we'll go James Madison, Montana State. JMU, Montana State. So, all right. So that's just completely hypothetical, guys. Lots of football to play, but we are just coming up on, oh, my goodness, two hours. We had 70-plus people stick with us because people love mock things, mock NFL drafts, mock playoff brackets. They love seeding, all those things. FCS Fans Nation, thank you so much for joining us as some of the comments come in here for predictions for champions. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on our mock draft special. Uh, this is always a good time. Hopefully we enlighten you a little bit. Once again, we're not trying to completely predict the perfect teams. We tried to get your head wrapped around on seating and strength of schedules and what these teams resumes look like. So hopefully you can take some of that away and argue uh, in the bars here over the next week or so. So thank you so much for joining us at the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Facebook, uh, any podcast platform, and of course, YouTube. Click that subscribe button, drop us a rating. Kyler, Jamie, thank you so much for spending your Sunday evening with us, cutting out of some NFL games to FCS Fans Nation. Next week, you get the real answer. Join us for a live stream and live reaction of the playoff committee selections while they announce them next Sunday. So you, we're going to stream again. Uh, you'll actually get some actual analysis instead of some talking heads talking about FBS playoffs while they announce FCS teams. So FCS Fan Nation, that's all we have for now. Enjoy a beer. Enjoy your Sunday night. Have a great week. We'll catch more action next Saturday, and we will see you guys when we finally find out who is officially in the playoffs. Boom. Thank you for listening to the FCS Fan Nation podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or even YouTube. And make sure to follow our FCS Fans Nation social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the premier podcast for FCS football. Boom.